Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. I just returned from oral argument at the Court of Appeals on behalf of two pro-life sidewalk counselors. We're going to be talking about it on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Holly, this case has been going on for some time. It goes all the way back to 2012 when the city of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, passed an ordinance to curtail any quote, interference with abortion facilities called interference with access to health care facilities. You know, it's just unbelievable to me, Matt, though, that they would actually designate a sidewalk, which you're allowed to have free speech. They're trying to designate it where you can't speak to women that are about to go into an abortion facility. Yeah, they got this uh, ordinance that was drafted by Planned Parenthood, presented to the pro-abortion city council of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and they passed this ordinance without any information to back it up. Uh, they had never attempted to enforce any previous laws, such as trespass or any other kind of laws. They had never tried to obtain an injunction. There was never any real problem of any significance that happened outside of two abortion clinics. There was this one, Planned Parenthood, and there was another one. Our clients, Colleen Riley and Becky Bitter, are two individuals who engage in peaceful sidewalk counseling to encourage and to be of assistance and help to women to protect the life of their unborn children and to provide them any other kind of emotional and other support necessary for those that are thinking that abortion is their only option. So they never mm -hmm. block access. They just simply want to be able to get uh, with some women to provide them a pamphlet, a brochure that gives them information about alternatives to abortion. To pray with them. To pray with them. For them, yeah. And uh, so what happened is the city of Harrisburg passed this ordinance that has a buffer zone. The buffer zone is like a 20-foot buffer zone that goes around the clinics. In this case, with regards to the Planned Parenthood abortion clinic, the way that it's configured, it actually removes anybody from the public sidewalk up to 70 feet in front of this Harrisburg Planned Parenthood facility. The other facility has already closed, so there's only mm -hmm. one now in Harrisburg, and that's the Planned Parenthood facility. But, but, but wait, aren't the escorts for the abortion facility, aren't they still allowed on the public yeah, sidewalks? Yeah, they're still allowed to go in there. And mm -hmm. in fact, not only are they allowed, but the litigation that we've had below indicates that the designated witnesses that we have asked the city to put forth their designated witnesses to testify regarding the interpretation, application, and enforcement of the ordinance. Both of those dedicated specific witnesses to that issue said that this really uh, is activated based upon conversations of certain substance. So you can walk into that abortion clinic bubble zone, buffer zone, and not have it apply to you if your conversation is not of, quote, substance. The substance that they're referring to is regarding abortion. They said that if you say uh, that you are going into an abortion clinic, if you are warning people about abortion, if you're talking about abortion, 
then you can't be there. But if you want to pass out a piece of literature or pamphlet regarding a law firm, for example, just promoting its business for a commercial reason, then the buffer zone doesn't apply to you. So you can be in that buffer zone passing out information that has nothing to do with abortion. That's permissible. But if you're in that buffer zone and you pass out a piece of, of literature that is pro-life, provides alternatives to abortion, that's where the buffer zone actually applies and you have to be excluded. So in this case, Colleen Riley uh, was told by a police officer, and she was written up for this, uh, that she violated the buffer zone and that if she came back into that zone, she would be arrested. So she has stayed back from that zone. The problem that you have with that is that you can't get close to someone. You can't get close to hand them a piece of literature. You can't hand somebody a piece of literature 20 or 70 feet away from them. Yeah, she's going to whip out a megaphone and start talking to people. And I mean, that, <laughs> then, then that defeats the purpose right. because they don't want to raise their voice. Right. They're not using megaphones. They're not wanting to amplify their voice. If you want to just engage in a normal collegial conversation with someone, you don't want to raise your voice. You don't want to yell. Uh, and you would have to do that when you're 20, at least, mm -hmm. in this case, 70 feet away from them. Yeah, it's like you and I sitting here having a conversation. I'm not going to start yelling at you. I mean, there's no need because we're in close proximity. But they are wanting to help these women, pray for them, give them literature, encourage them about what they're about to do, and reconsider what they're about to do as well in a peaceful, loving way. So Becky Bitter actually was uh, on the edge of the buffer zone. And again, there's no line that's painted, so it's arbitrary as to how far that is based upon the police officers you know, deciding whether you're in the buffer zone mm -hmm. or not in the buffer zone, because nobody's measuring it. There's no lines painted, but you have to stay a certain distance back. And it's 20 feet, but in this case, because of the configuration, up to 70 feet. So Becky Bitter is standing on the edge of where that buffer zone otherwise would be. And there's a woman that's inside that buffer zone that's seeking access to the abortion clinic. She has twins, and she's weeping. And uh, Becky um, can't stand it, you know, just to just watch her weep without hugging her. So she right. walks into the buffer zone. She does hug her and support her. Um, the lady didn't have any problem with that. But during the hearing, the attorney for the city said in the questioning to Becky that she violated the buffer zone by going in there to actually give comfort to this woman yeah. by giving her an embrace of support. A human touch. <laughs> that that was in violation of the buffer zone. Now, the woman didn't complain about that. She didn't grab onto her, hold her. But the city said that she violated the ordinance by just simply walking in there and giving someone a supportive hug. This is a an attempt. You know, we've seen these buffer zones around the country. In fact, I litigated the very first ever buffer zone case all the way to the United States Supreme Court in the case of Madsen versus Women's Health Center. I argued that in 1994, came out of Melbourne, Florida. Thank God the abortion clinic in Melbourne, Florida has long since closed. It was taken over by eminent domain because of a widening of a road, and the abortion clinic never did return. Uh, Judy Madsen was our lead client, and she, interestingly, had never been to that abortion clinic. She was named in an injunction by the abortion clinic 
to stop her and stop anyone else from anywhere near the clinic because her name was on a brochure that was distributed that she and a couple of others would be individuals who would pray, just simply pray, for the uh, abortion clinic and the people that were there. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, she was named in the injunction. That's how she got in this case. And her name was the lead plaintiff in the case or the lead defendant in the case that went to the Supreme Court, Madsen versus Women's Health Center, 1994. There have been other abortion picketing or buffer zone cases at the United States Supreme Court. And this one here may go back to the U.S. Supreme Court at some point. We've been now to this Court of Appeals for the third time. You know, that's unbelievable to me. That seems like a very cut-and-dried free speech case. But to go to the Court of Appeals three times? Well, it's kind of like wow. the case that we had at the city of Boston mm -hmm. uh, with Shirtliff. We went to the district court twice and lost twice, went to the Court of Appeals twice and lost twice. It should have been cut-and-dry. We ended up going to the United States Supreme Court and won nine to zero, nine to zero, not a single dissenter. And that case set an incredible precedent, not only with regards to the flying of flags across the country, but also it became a very key case in overturning the 51-year-old lemon test. So despite the fact that we had those uh, losses back to back at the lower court and at the Court of Appeals twice at each level, we ended up having an incredible victory. So continue to pray for this case. It's Riley versus uh, the city of Harrisburg. Riley versus the city of Harrisburg. I recently presented oral argument. This is the third trip to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals that's located in Philadelphia. And we continue to persevere. And we're going to continue <laughs> to persevere, and we're going to continue to fight for individuals like Colleen Riley, Becky Bitter, and other sidewalk counselors around the country to be able to provide life-saving information, help, and support to these women that are going to these death centers. Many, many lives have been and will be saved by people like Colleen and Becky and so many others. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith family and freedom. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. The website again, lc.org.